0: From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant uh, good morning to you. This is Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com, June 14th, uh, 2023. OneRadioNetwork.com, In our test of patience, our phone line, 800 line is still out. It's two months now because of the freeze apocalypse we had, but they assure me it's in the mail. So, the way to communicate with our guest this morning and Patrick is Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. After the show, first show this morning with Dr. Cowan, we're going to spend an hour or so in giving a, what my theory and opinion is on the big picture of the financial world as we see it today in 2023. I had 25 years of mentoring and tutoring. From Andrew Goss, a uh, currency historian, a good friend of mine who's no longer with us. And uh, so I have a very good understanding because of weekly shows for two hours every week, forever with him, you know, and I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I have a very good understanding of how this monetary system works. So we're just gonna recapulate it, you know, recapulate it all from the all the way to top down to uh, your local bank, maybe to help me make a little bit of sense out of it as we move through whatever the hell is going on in the world of finance, and a lot of strange things. So we'll do that a little bit later. Dr. Tom Cowan is with us. I just looked on our website and went into my search function, which still works, and put in Tom Cowan, and turns out the first time we talked to Dr. Cowan was November 24th, 2015, almost eight years ago. That that podcast, over 6,000 hits, And the name of the show was A Radical New Approach, the Cause and Prevention of Heart Attacks. And uh, so we talked to Dr. Cowan before he was cool, and now he's cool, and we talked to him again. Dr. Cowan, good good morning. How are you doing?
1: Hey, Patrick. How are you doing? I'm doing fine.
0: Yeah, I think that first article someone sent me was about the sympathetic nervous system and the heart and how it all played, played together. Do you remember those days you were out in San Francisco, and that's what you were? passionate about?
1: Thinking. Yeah. I mean, it was probably when I was first speaking out about that <clears throat> blocked arteries are not the cause of heart attacks.
2: Yeah, yeah. The heart is
0: not a pump, right?
1: The heart is not, a, not The a heart pump. is not a pump. Yeah.
0: Dr. Cowan has written uh, quite a few books, The Contagion Myth, uh, Cancer and the New Biology, uh, Human Heart, Cosmic Heart, Vaccines, Childhood Illnesses and Nourishing Traditions with Sally Fallon, and um, he is also involved in a big project. Uh, we're going to have Alex Zack on Zach uh, soon. It's the end of COVID, right? You're involved in this project coming up soon, right? A big deal?
1: Yeah, I mean, involved in the sense of n- not organizing right. it or, or just just being interviewed by it. Uh-huh, yeah. And it's, a number of times. Yeah,
0: quite a project. It looks like they're going to go on for yeah, two weeks
1: or so. Yeah, it's quite a project. And
0: I believe they're starting, they're going to be starting now in early July or mid-July. Is July, that
1: mid-July, I think. That what yeah, what you understand.
0: So here we are, you uh, and uh, with Lanka and all the no-virus people, the Baileys and all the folks that we have on, spent the last two or three years talking about this, that there is no virus, making the case. And uh, so where are we now? I keep uh, seeing this thing, the new biology. I'm a Subscribestar star folks with you and so what are you what are you looking to do with your your peeps and fans now what are you moving towards in your work
1: you know i i think the best way to describe it is you you could say it's a a question or even a hypothesis and i i mean it's it seems sort of obvious but it's it's also an interesting question and the question is Can you create a healthy either maybe world or person or society or community or business if the foundational principles of whatever that is, like the business or the community or yourself or your health, is based on things that are not true? Now, On first blush, it seems obvious that you you can't. I mean, you know, and I I thought of an analogy here. You know, you're in a marriage, for instance, and the marriage is you've decided, you know, like most marriages to be monogamous, right? Mm -hmm. But one of you isn't. And so, and they don't say to the other, right? So there's this sort of fundamental untruth going on in the marriage and the question is can you still have a happy productive effective marriage and some people actually might say yes because Mm -hmm. you could just ignore it and not talk about it and then other people would say no because it's based on some on a foundation that's not accurate Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now I have, for whatever reason, and I don't know that I could say prove this, but have chosen to say, you have to have, you have to have the foundation be true as best you can in order to have whatever it is that you're trying to create, be healthy. Like you can't, you know, you talk about currency and I probably know a 10th of what you know, but if the currency is bait, you know, we, we think that the government makes the currency, right? But they don't. They don't. Because they don't so it's a lie. <laughs> so everybody's walking around thinking government makes the currency, and that's how we get money. And so they act accordingly. And it's just not true. And so there's a lot of financial ruin and chaos that emerges from that. And, you know, and so this came up in spades with you know with the whole virus question because in in that case the the question if if there's a virus that leads you to certain thoughts and certain actions and certain consequences right so if there's a deadly virus it might make sense to say put on a mask i mean it doesn't really but Mm -hmm. but let's just say it does or to inject yourself with something to protect yourself against the virus. So there's a whole lot of actions that come out of that. If it turns out, which is in fact the case, that the there is no such thing as a virus, and it's so therefore it can't make you sick, then none of those things make any sense. And in fact, they're likely to create adverse consequences. And my, what I ended up coming to, and I think I've been really working on this my whole life, certainly my whole career, is that the foundations of of modern biology and therefore modern medicine are simply not true. They are, uh, you know, you could call, like people say, refer to it as the germ theory. That is the theory that, unseen microorganisms bacteria and viruses cause disease mm-hmm. but I don't think that's an accurate re- uh, reference or it's it's a disproven germ hypothesis that's what it is and so so it's it's actually not even a scientific question anymore it's simply a fact and if people don't understand that or don't appreciate that it's either because they have they they're just ignorant of the story or they have nefarious purposes which isn't very many but there's maybe a few or they have a psychological or emotional block that keeps them from understanding reality which is a lot of people <laughs> I mean that's basic basically uh the American population <laughs> They're a combination of ignorant and they have re- emotional trauma-based reasons why they it, it, do, the truth doesn't seem to make any difference but the pro the the reason for the new biology and I can actually give you some examples of this which I think may help understand is, the foundation of modern medicine is similar to the virus, hi, disproven virus hypothesis. So, maybe let me give you an example so okay. I can explain how, how what I mean by that. So, and I'm going to contrast um, conventional science, so-called medicine, with alternative so-called like functional medicine Mm -hmm. or as i like to call it dysfunctional medicine (laughs) and then new biology medicine okay okay so let's take somebody who's depressed right there is a formal diagnosis in the you know dsm-6 or whatever that's the manual of diagnosis called depression so how does a conventional doctor diagnose depression? Usually it's like this, person comes to your office, let's say you've never seen them, and psychiatrist says, so how are you doing? Guy says, or woman says, I'm depressed, I feel really sad, you know, I'm not getting along with my wife, my job sucks, you know, and I, I don't feel very good, I'm tired, sleep all the time, I'm depressed. And that's enough. So at that point, the guys, the doctor says, "You have a disease called depression, and here's Prozac or some other SSRI." Mm-hmm. Now, there's two assumptions in that story. One, there is an actual disease called depression, and the two is this actual disease called depression is caused by a serotonin deficiency yes that's why he's going to give you a drug to make you make more serotonin ssri they call it SSRI. yeah or it doesn't make you make it but it essentially that's what way it works Mm -hmm. now now here's the problem there is no definition of depression except surveys which mean nothing so there is no disease this is This is an experience of life, right? There's no disease there. And second of all, and anybody who wants to look into this should look into the work of Kelly Brogan and other people, it has been disproven that this uh, phenomena called depression has anything to do with any chemical, particularly serotonin. That's not a theory that like germ... uh, You know theory is actually a disproven hypothesis right that doesn't mean that if you give somebody a chemical you may change the way they feel Mm -hmm. but there is no study that shows that a serotonin deficiency so the whole thing is based on two disproven assumptions now interestingly here's what happens usually you give the person SSRI, you come back in six weeks. How are you feeling? Oh, much better. How's your life? Well, my wife left me. I got fired from my job. Uh, you know, I went bankrupt. I declared bankruptcy and I gained 40 pounds. So you say, but you're feeling better? Oh, yeah, I feel much better. What are you doing with yourself? Well, mostly, I you know i'm not, I'm unemployed, so I sit around and watch television most most of the time. And that's considered a success, hmm. right? From a certain point of view, let's just say my point of view, that's a bad, that's a bad outcome. Uh, and you may feel like numb and therefore better. Uh, and now interestingly, if you try to go off it, because you don't like gaining 40 pounds and your wife left you and you're bankrupt and you don't have a job and you think maybe that has something to do with this, you will be worse than ever. Yes, sir. And not only won't you still have a job and your wife has still left you, you'll be more, quote, depressed than you've ever been in your life and you're in big trouble. So not only are you depressed, are you, you know, broke and and divorced and jobless which isn't so bad for sometimes um you're you're also at risk of having a worse outcome than you ever thought possible so that's the fu- that and my point is that's all based on a flawed way of seeing you know flawed science that
0: the serotonin was the issue and you didn't have enough and bob yeah yeah yeah
1: and depression is a disease is a disease depression right Right.
0: Is it similar? Let me stop you before you go to the next one. Is it similar to saying somebody has diabetes because their blood sugar is imbalanced? Yes. So they give them. Every disease. Every disease. They're all.
1: It's all fundamentally uh, logic, thinking, or science.
0: Yes, sir. Gotcha.
1: So you go to a. Now, okay, I'm sick of these conventional doctors. I'm I'm going to go go to a holistic (laughs) functional doctor.
0: Functional medicine.
1: Functional medicine. Now, he or she still believes in depression, but he or she wants to look into the root cause of your depression, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So he he or she uh, orders $6,000 worth of tests like urinary amino acids and neurotransmitters and a whole lot of other things,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Now the uh then he's then they let's just say they instead of he or she they say oh you have not enough dopamine and your omega-3s are too low and your vitamin d is too low so here's six uh bottles of pills take them three times a day Mm -hmm. and that'll be three thousand (laughs) dollars see you in a month now The problem is, A, we still have the same problem of they don't have depression because there is no such thing. And none of those other things have ever been shown to be related to any kind of disease called depression. And number three, there are no uh, – the whole neurotransmitter model based on synapses uh, is – Fundamentally flawed because there are no synapses in nerves and there's no neurotransmitters that that create, you know, linkages between nerves through synapses. And I can't get into that whole reason why I know that, but I can tell you I know it for a hundred percent.
0: You know hundred percent.
1: Wow. Hundred percent. There's no that whole model of how a nerve works is baloney. <laughs> you you can tell just because because if you figure out how long it takes between like hearing something and moving your finger
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's instantaneous mm-hmm. and they say there's like 20 synapses between your brain and your finger and each one takes 0.5 second 0.05 seconds so that's already a second and then the the transmission of the through the nerve must take another couple seconds so if their model was correct if you heard wiggle say wiggle boom that should take at least three seconds (laughs) meaning wiggle thousand one thousand two thousand three and i can tell you if that happens you've got a real problem (laughs) because that's not the way it works no (laughs) so the whole model is flawed the only reason they see synapses which are breaks in the nerves Is because they take a nerve and they dehydrate it enough so it breaks into pieces and it rolls up at the end because you broke it and stained it and then they see synapses otherwise you don't see synapses because they're not there Hmm. that's how i know that they're not real so so again this this alternative medicine is based on you know baloney uh basically and You might feel better or not, but uh, nothing really happened. Now, okay, so that's the alternative approach. Now, if you came to me, but thank God I'm not doing medicine anymore, so (laughs) nobody would do this. You know, I was thinking about this this morning because uh, I I spent my whole career asking people how do they live. Like, what do you give eat? me a, what do you, you know, you wake up, what time, what do you do next? What do you do after that? What do you eat, et cetera? Everything. I knew their whole day and a typical day or typical week, et cetera. Uh, what I found, and I find it even more now, is most people never do anything that has anything to do with, like, real life. They never make anything. They never care for anything. They never grow anything. They never raise anything. They don't even cook their own dinner anymore. Right? Yes. Most people. And so what I would do, and and I I understand not everybody can do this, but I can tell you if you take the experience of, like I'm having now, of feeding and caring for a baby goat every morning. Mm -hmm. First of all, you have to get up at 6 or you know, five, and go out and get the goat and uh, 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 unlock the pet. And the goat is baby goat, six days old. We have hopping up and down, licking your fingers and your hands. And it's just an incredibly joyful experience. Yeah. But, you, but you also have to clean the poop up, right? Otherwise, the poop's all over the place. And then you have to let the chickens out and you have to water the carrots or they don't grow and they all die and then you have to go and pick the carrots and make breakfast and and next thing you know in a a week you're not depressed because uh because there's too much happening in your life yeah right
0: that's beautiful that's
1: great i mean and so you might want to now that doesn't imply i didn't get into any theories of depression right Mm -hmm. i just basically came to the conclusion that you're not happy with your life right because that's what you said and because all you do is what is look at a computer all day you don't make anything you don't do anything really you don't grow anything you don't care for anything you don't even eat real food so we're gonna and there's no theories of serotonin here there's, and you could say is the goat real yes how do i know because he pooped on my foot this morning <laughs> and i had to clean it up so i know it's real and i know that if you have that experience lo- your life will be better and that's what i would say is reality medicine now not everybody can do that but they can certainly start you know having real re- starting with real relationships and real food and and thinking about how to connect with life and sharing their story what happened to them it's not that you have a disease you have a story that had some maybe some parts in it which may not have worked out so well and you might want to revisit that and see what happened to you and you know <laughs> To me, and and I could go on, you know, I, I was thinking about this theory. Of, so that's one example. You know, you could say you go to a, uh, you have the flu, right? You're mm-hmm. discharging mucus. You go to a normal doctor, he gives you an antibiotic. You go to a holistic doctor, you know, he still thinks you have a viral infection. So he gives you vitamin C or some infusion for your, quote, viral infection. Uh But what you really have is a cleansing process. And so you don't need any of that stuff. You know, you don't need ivermectin for the antiviral and chloroquine for your immune system which doesn't exist. You just need to help the cleansing process happen.
0: So through all of this as we move forward uh, so anything that
1: let me, Patrick. Let me give you one more example. Yeah, go if ahead. I can. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, here here's another example of how bamboozled we've been <laughs> about uh, about causes of disease, right? So let's take cancer, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. We all know that cancer is cells that grow grow too fast. So they're highly abnormal cells. They have abnormal number of chromosomes, broken chromosomes. Everything is messed up in the cell. And as a result, it's growing too fast and spreads all over your body and kills you, right? Yes, sir. Now, let's dissect this a little bit. Broken cell, right, grows too fast, spreads and kills you, right? That's the fundamental. Just think about this. I'm a car mechanic, right? Somebody comes in, says look at this car it's it's all broken into pieces the steering wheels in the back seat you know the engine has been somebody uh a, a ball a wrecking ball fell on the thing and it broke the engine in four pieces the tires are all flat you know i want you to help me with this so i asked, so so how's it running oh it runs great it runs three times better than my normal car <laughs> Right, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, I, it it outpaces every other car on the street, and I said, "Well, wait a minute. It's broken. How is it? How is it out competing all the other cars?" Well, it you see. So my point is that broken cell isn't growing and dividing and out competing. That's ridiculous that no, if it's broken, it probably can't even divide. It's just it's just excreted waste packaged up in a container and you get more of it because you get more waste. And so they're busy killing this cell. Like, OK, this car, we're going to smash it even more and then it'll run even better because obviously the more you smash it, the more it runs.
0: <laughs> so the cancer cell is not trying to clean anything up it's just excreting waste like you say and, and that's so how
1: the works? tissue is homogeneous tissue mm-hmm. and then it always puts out little like debris which we call cells at the periphery and that happens normally like you have imagine your liver livers like a bowl of jello and at the periphery the dead the old jello is excreted to the outside and so those are called cells. The bulk of the jello is still the j- is still jello. That's where it's working. Now, if you poison the jello, it's got to make more debris, right? More cells. So it does that, pushes them out, and then you see that collection of debris, which we call a tumor. Hmm. We think that debris cells is growing and dividing but it can't be because it's 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 a mess there's no way for the spindle to to separate the chromosomes there's like 60 chromosomes all broken up into pieces how are you going to get that to divide like nobody asks these questions like that doesn't make any sense if the thing is is all messed up how can it grow it's not going to grow <laughs> it's not growing It's just dead crap that's excreted. And why do you get more of it? Because you keep putting more dead crap in. And why does it go to a next place? You know, one of the ways you can see this, so how does it go from your breast to your liver, right? That's where it goes. Right. Well, it goes through the bloodstream, right? That's what they say. Okay, do a blood test. Let me see that cells going in the bloodstream. But we can't. Why not? You just told me it was in the bloodstream. Let's see the cells. No, can't see them. Why not?
0: We don't know. We just can't see.
1: <laughs> we can't see them. Just shut up. You know, like they're just too small, or. Something. But the reason you can't see them is because they're not there. Because it's not swimming through the blood. to, Oh, I got to find a new home and and make my dysfunctional cell grow in the liver it's that now you've poisoned the breast and it's got this tumor and you keep poisoning it and so then you poison the liver it's all very you know it's it's simple and it makes sense according to the way we actually see life unless you're so bamboozled <laughs> that you can't, you can't think straight, and, and you just believe these are belief systems.
0: That's really what you're doing. You're just critically thinking, using logic, and thinking your way through this, and you you come up with this awareness. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's difficult, but it is because most of us, we haven't spent a long time doing this, right? We've been <laughs> we've been spending our whole life somewhere in la la land. Generally, I have.
1: Yeah, it's like I mean it it's really comes from that famous quote from William Casey, you know the CIA guy. Right. That when when we will know when our our program is finished when everything the American people believe is a lie. Is a lie. And we're done. And that's like it's with the currency, right? Everything the people believe is it's just baloney. It's
0: all baloney. Baloney maloney. Oh. Dr. Tom Cowan, we and
1: and and again, go ahead. I don't think you can create a healthy medical system or a healthy person based on disproven hypotheses. Mm. You can't. You're going to always try to kill the virus or prevent the virus or strengthen your immune system or stop the cancer cells from growing. (laughs) We've been at that for seventy years. Stop.
0: Stopping the cancer cells Stop from growing.
1: Stop the cancer cells from
0: <laughs> And the immune and system thing is still a big in all circles, right? And natural, uh, natural alternative functional medicine. Immune system yeah, is a big thing. Yeah, they buy it
1: lock, stock, and barrel. It's a big thing.
0: It's just a big thing.
1: Wow. They buy it lock, stock, and barrel. That's what's sort of the tragedy of it, but Patrick
0: Dr. Dom Cowan is with us and join us through email if you'd like, Patrick, One Radio Network. We had a really lovely fellow on our show and his second time and um, his um, Wysong, Dr. Weissong. he's a veterinarian. And we were talking about the virus and he was really interested and he's about almost there, you know, but then he started asking me about bacteria that, you know, I tried to explain to him how you explained to us how bacteria is trying to clean things up. And he was really getting interested. He was asking great questions. But he's asking me, and I don't know what I'm talking about. But he said something. He said, well, Patrick, well, then, if you're if that's right, how come there was a time when we had a whole kennel full of dogs, there a well, and we brought in a dog with kennel cough. And then three or four days later, all the other dogs got the kennel cough. How do you explain that? Well, I couldn't, of course. I tried to talk to him about maybe vibrations or just like when women get together they all menstruate at the same time who knows why they how they could do that what would you what would you have said to him on the kennel cough question
1: so the first okay. principle of that is is the this is something that people really have to start wrapping their brain around mm-hmm. or whatever it is that wraps around <laughs> whatever something it is. like that yeah. is is if somebody's making a claim then you examine that claim and you don't have to come up with an alternative hypothesis
0: explain what you mean
1: okay if you want to say how does how do clouds form it's actually very complicated because water is heavier than air so you'd think the water would fall down and clouds are apparently made of water so why don't the clouds fall down to the ground and the answer is, I don't know, because I've looked into it and I can't figure it out. Okay. And then, so that gets into how is rain formed, because the rain apparently comes from the clouds. Mm-hmm. So, that so I, I, after having looked into it, I don't know. And so, somebody says, okay, I know how. It's there's a bunch of elephants flying around about a mile high, and then when they they start urinating, and that's why there's rain. So here's how to learn something. If you're a person, if somebody says that to you, you say, so how high up are the elephants about a mile? Are these like normal elephants or gray or pink or what kind yeah, they're gray, normal size elephants A mile up. There's about 40 per square mile and you can see them on whenever it rains. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the claim, right? And you go up with a helicopter or an airplane, take a bunch of pictures, you don't see a single elephant. Not one. I can confidently say that that claim is incorrect. Yes. Right? It's not elephants. I still have no idea why there's clouds and rain. And I could look into that. But I don't need to know that in order to say there's no elephants. So his claim is that if you put an animal with another animal and one animal is sick and the other isn't, that something passed from the first animal to the second animal.
0: That's what he is saying. That's the claim. Yeah, that's the claim.
1: And then a secondary part of the claim is whatever it is that passed is too small to see so it's either a bacteria or a virus, right? Yes, sir. Now, let's let's examine the principle. Is it true, Patrick, that if, in other words, if two people or animals or 10 or 100, same place, same symptoms, same time, all get sick, that means something passed between them?
0: That's an assumption. No, it's not true.
1: How do you know it's not true
0: because it's never been proven to be true
1: well give me an example of that showing that that's not true
0: maybe in the spanish flu thing when they pass not between people Just,
1: you oh. got to think simply okay, if you want to okay so you put a hundred rats in a basement uh-huh. you put rat poison you don't know they put rat poison next day 10 rats are dead right yeah same symptoms same time same place was that a contagion?
0: No, some some rats ate the poison and some did not.
1: Right. The next day 10 more rats died. Is that a contagion?
0: Not pro- no, not proven to be.
1: Well, it's not because they ate rat poison. <laughs> okay, it's not.
0: right.
1: And the next day 80 more rats die. but and his, his claim is that if you have animals same place, same symptoms, same time, that proves it's contagious.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not true. Because I just gave you an example. You can give many examples of people, sailors on ships. They One got teeth fell out, went into heart failure, died. Then the next sailor, same place, same symptoms, same time, got same symptoms. They quarantined them saying it's contagious. The first sailor spread it to the second one. And then somebody ate a lemon and the whole thing went away Mm
2: -hmm. Right?
1: right so that that claim that if you bring one animal into the place and all the other animals get sick uh if that's true even uh does not prove that anything passed from the one animal to the next maybe that because we don't know that there isn't something else in the environment in order to make that claim you have to do a study because we can't we don't have the ability to assess that uh by our senses right you can't tell whether something was passed or something poisoned them or some other thing happened by smelling it or seeing it or anything you just can't see those things so you do a study you put same conditions you put animals that are sick and animals that are well or people and they've done about a 50 or so of those studies every single one same thing happens sick animals and people don't make well animals and people sick if you do a proper study and we've asked for almost three years show me a study that shows that that's true that's properly controlled so you know that it's the only thing different was you expose these dogs to a sick animal, mm-hmm. and they don't have a single study.
0: Wow. No, nothing ever has proved it, the
1: idea. never, ne- It's never mm-hmm. been proven in a normal way. Mm. So, you know, so that it doesn't mean that I know what happened in that kennel.
0: I understand, yes.
1: You know, uh, maybe the dog had eaten arsenic and pooped all over, and the other dogs ate it. Or, or something. You know, we don't know what happened. But as far as proving a contagion, you need to do a study. You need to show it. It should be easy to do. You know, and they did it for in the first half of the 20th century. They did lots of contagion studies like the Spanish flu one. Mm-hmm. They stuck snot up their people's <laughs> nose. Nobody got sick. There was a very interesting one with the flu where... They took snot from people with the flu. This was in 1940 or so. Squirted it up people's nose. And then they did a control uh, with saline. And told them it was from people with the flu. Here's what was interesting. In the, in the snot from the flu, 10% of them got sick. So that's fair. You know, it's something, right? 10% of the people, if you suck snot out of somebody who was sick, and squirted up a well person's nose, 10% of them will get sick. You know how many got sick with the placebo? Hmm. 15.
0: Just by telling them that it was the flu? It,
1: it, well, they squirted it up their nose, but it was just salt water. I
0: see. Wow. More. more.
1: And so the, <laughs> the, the appropriate conclusion is, if you're around somebody who's sick and you think you might get sick, you're you'll get less likely to get sick if you actually are exposed to a sick person than if you're exposed to nothing really yeah Interesting. that was now they haven't nobody repeated that study exactly in that way that i've ever seen but that you know so if you don't want to get sick you should probably be around as many sick people as you can because mm-hmm. that makes your odds less likely <laughs>
0: How relevant do you think it was when folks were took the PCR, believed they had COVID, and how would we ever know how strong of influence that would have been of somebody exhibiting symptoms?
1: Yeah, it's a huge influence.
0: Huge. It's got to be, right?
1: Got to be. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get some over and over again, that's why you. You know i mean maybe dogs see some other dog coughing and they all <laughs> you know I, I saw a cat video the other day it was amazing this little kitten comes hobbling to the door wants to be let in the door and it's walking on three legs right it's mm-hmm. so the one paws up is, and so that you know and apparently they don't usually let them in so then they let the cat the kitten in it walks in with, all, you know, all four. <laughs> so she was faking.
0: <laughs> Some of these videos out there are just crazy amazing. I think yeah. these animals so, so, yeah. so cool.
1: So what? what's the point? The point is, uh, you know, a lot of disease, maybe, more, and I think a number in my mind is increasing as we go, is psychosomatic. Yes, sir. And if you want to make people sick, we, we show that you show this over and over again. That's why you have to do studies. You have to separate out that factor because if you tell people they're gonna get sick and squirt saline up their nose, fifteen percent of them get sick. Of
0: course. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And if you actually squirt snot up their nose from a sick person, it goes down a little bit. <laughs> so that's the crazy th-
0: part. Th- I don't understand that part.
1: I mean, I don't either. I, but that's what I mean. You don't, you don't have to come up with explanations about resonance and all that. Right. Right. It might be. You know, if dogs might. Oh, this. You know, we should all. We're we're all confined in this kennel, right? Yes. Eating crappy food, breathing crappy air. This dog has enough sense to at least have a cough. <laughs> so maybe they all start coughing. I mean. You you don't know. All you know is if you do a proper contagion study, and or and try to find the virus that causes kennel cough, I guarantee that guy can't come up with either one of those. Hmm. Hmm. In which case, it's a superstition.
0: It's hard to imagine that somebody who takes a thyroid test and sees a high th. Number and they say, well, anything over five, and well, you have a low thyroid. That you that wouldn't affect the thyroid. Just that thought that you have believed. It's got to. Well, affect.
1: you feel tired. It's got
0: to affect it, right?
1: What it affects is your experience. Yes, it may or may not affect your thyroid function, but it,
0: it affects your what you present, what, what symptoms you present.
1: Yeah, as soon as you tell somebody they have hypothyroidism, I'm going to bed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, i'm tired
0: i'm done here
1: <laughs> i'm tired and then and, and by the way i'm tired and i'm st- i'm gonna quit my job because i'm sick and i'm gonna sit home and eat all the time yeah next thing you know you gained 30 pounds and why because it was your thyroid was was bad so that's called bone pointing
0: bone pointing
1: yeah, it's like voodoo kind of stuff. They uh, yeah. point the bone at somebody and then they die.
0: Yeah,
1: That's <laughs> well, what doctors do. They bone point you.
0: Imagine what how you would feel if somebody said, well, Mr. Jones, you have stage four cancer. You really need to get your affairs in order. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, how can
1: nothing you? Nothing we can do for you. Why did I get it's your genes? It's It's got nothing to do with You you see, both conventional and to a large extent, you know, alternative medicine are absolutely dedicated to the proposition that nothing you do can had any effect on your health.
0: Oh, nothing you can do with lifestyle idea?
1: Anything you do Hmm. or anything you think. We are you know in medicine we are drilled into anybody who suggests <laughs> that the patient had anything to do with what happened to them besides if you're an idiot and you smoke <laughs> that that we already that you can blame the patient <laughs> otherwise it's got nothing to do with what the person does or not it's it's their genes bad luck or we don't know or an infection you just happen to get a virus.
0: Dr. Cowan, I would argue it's exactly the opposite. Everything that we yeah. think. Everything that we think manifests into our body has got to. Yeah. It's got to.
1: It's right. <laughs> and everything you do and what you think become you know, becomes what you do. Yes, sir. You know, I, I tell this story too, this because it turns out what you think has a lot to do with so You know, I knew this guy, anthroposophical doctor, and he uh, treated AIDS patients Uh 20 years ago or so. I told him, you know, there's no such thing as HIV and he didn't believe me. So he he basically spent his entire career, you know, believing in HIV and treating AIDS patients with toxic AIDS drugs. Uh So then COVID comes along. And of course, he believes in viruses. So he has his COVID injections, and after his second booster, his fourth shot. Next two days later, so dead in his bed, right? And this was an otherwise healthy sixty-some-year-old guy. So why did he die? Now you could say, and it's correct, that he died because of uh, some effect of the COVID shot, right? That's that's yes, prob- that's sure. But really why he died is because he believes in viruses or he he did believe he doesn't believe anything anymore, (laughs) as far as I can tell, but he used to. And so he took the logical steps based on that belief system, which is to give people drugs to kill the virus and to shoot himself up with poisons, which give him blood clots and heart attacks and that was perfectly reasonable and that's the problem with believing in superstitions you eventually are compelled to act on it
0: right that's why we that's why we do anything is because we believe it
1: yeah
2: yeah
1: if you believe you know you're whatever if you don't have enough money and you rob a bank or something you know you you or that the government is looking out for your best interest you go and vote
0: (laughs) good luck with that
1: (laughs) right i mean you know and then you donate to the best candidate and so then who's uh, who's going to help you be more prosperous Mm -hmm. but meanwhile what really happened is you have less money because you donated to somebody who couldn't care less whether you're prosperous or not. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's actually what happened because of that belief system. It's Do- inevitable. It's
0: Dr. Tom Cowan is with us and join us, Patrick, at com. Here's an interesting email for you. I get this one from time to time that I never have a good answer. Please ask Dr. Cowan, What his thoughts are on yellow fever, dengue fever, and malaria? They, in caps, say yellow and dengue fever are caused by a virus, and malaria is caused by a parasite. What is the actual cause, in your opinion, since viruses don't exist? Maybe the parasites are just pleomorphized bacteria cleaning up the gunk from a previous toxic condition. Hmm.
1: Correct. That's the answer. He's got it? Yeah. There's no dengue virus or yellow fever virus they they you know and that's the that's they that's the trouble with the sort of uh freedom so-called truth community so here's what really happens like ebola is like this so they go into a uh you know a, ta- a community in africa or a region mm-hmm. and they poison the crap out of it they starve you know they move the people off their traditional lands into slum cities inject them with all kind of vaccines poison them spread cyanide all over the place and and then people get sick and give them antibiotics which actually have the same effects as ebola wow right so they do that and then they blame it on the virus and so they go in and do an eradication campaign with more injections and the the holistic community the truth community buys it lock stock and barrel and says that they're engineering ebola viruses never mind the displacing the people never mind the cyanide never mind the pesticides never mind the Beta lactam antibiotics which cause identical symptoms as Ebola. Never mind any of that <laughs> stuff. Just an engineered virus. Wow. Which, by the way, you cannot find anywhere.
0: You can't find you can't isolate it just like anybody.
1: No. Yeah. It's all based on patents. You can patent anything. The whole patent thing is, you know, the pandemic thing, that whole thing. Is the biggest bunch of hooey. That was all rigged, because, wasn't it,
0: to prove that there was something that existed, so they put these patents 10 years ago or 20
1: years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I it's, think so, it's, too. It's, the, it's a patsy.
0: It's a patsy, yeah. And David Martin, yeah, God gotta, love him, he's has got to have here.
1: a story, otherwise, you know, what are the truth people going to come, you know, ah, oh, <laughs> we got him, you know, and then we have a Senate sub-hearing. You the gotta, guy gets, we, we discovered that it's all Fauci. he, he told them He's to like, engineer this virus we caught them red-handed
0: and now now they're still selling this wuhan virus thing i mean the, it's big time now they're really pushing on this lab virus. yeah really pushing. yeah ooh
1: man mainstream media yeah big anything time. you see in the mainstream you know they're 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 blowing smoke up <laughs> your ass <laughs>
2: that's
0: true oh my god um so um about years and ago. Malaria yeah, is, I was going to talk about malaria. Remember the guy in malaria and he started doing chlorine dioxide, whoever he was, and we interviewed him years ago.
1: Jim, Jim Humble. Jim Humble. And, uh, Andreas Clacker. I had Clacker, him on the yeah. air, Clacker, you
0: know, 10 years ago. So what was that about when somebody takes a chlorine dioxide or an ivermectin when there's nothing there to to kill? Well, chlorine
1: what? dioxide helps oxygenate the Oxygenate the
0: cells, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. It, it, it does help. Because, you know, and they, they actually, there was an interesting study with malaria, because they say it's mosquitoes. Right, right, right. right. So they took people, and and by the way, it happened, you know, in Panama and places when the US Army Corps came in and starts, you know, defoliating the area, and then everybody gets malaria. (laughs)
0: Spraying everything.
1: And, And they did an experiment with the army hospital. They, they took a guy who had malaria, and they put a bunch of mosquitoes in a cage with his arm right yeah because then they were going to see if they could take those mosquitoes and put them in the arm of somebody who didn't a cage with the arm of somebody who didn't have malaria and transmit malaria right yes you with me yes sir turns out the mosquitoes wouldn't bite somebody with malaria (laughs) because they (laughs) they said i don't know what they said but i my interpretation is this guy's blood doesn't taste good. He's got like arsenic in his blood. I'm not when
0: drinking that. But I'm man. Him, man. <laughs> and,
1: and so if they can't bite somebody with malaria, they can't transmit it to somebody who doesn't have malaria. So, you know, so it's basically, you- it's all cover up for, for- mass poisoning, displacement, starvation, emotional psychological trauma-based abuse can,
0: so in the ivermectin or chlorine dioxide back to that it's more placebo then they think they have something they're going to take something so they think it cures it
1: kind of no the chlorine nope. dioxide does something know, yeah yeah they're po. i mean they're poisoned so it helps it's an electron donor oh, whatever that they're
0: poisoned means. from all the other stuff okay God, I mean, yeah i missed that part
1: sick yeah Right. People have to be clear. I'm not saying people aren't sick. Yes, sir. I understand. I'm talking about the mechanism. They are poisoned and they can even die. Uh, but they're not. It's not because of a, you know, falciform bacteria or parasite or whatever. It is. Yeah. Um, it's because of their poison and all poisoning is a low oxygen, low energy state. And chlorine dioxide does seem to help with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And they mistakenly say that it kills the parasite. It doesn't. It doesn't. And ivermectin is an anti-inflammatory. So you give so it's like prednisone. You give somebody prednisone, they get better. Then they get worse.
0: They feel better because it lowers a, a inflammation. You just feel better. Yeah, yeah you just feel yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, here's an email for you from Liz. Can Doctor Cowan give me his thoughts on familial hypercholesterolemia? Do you know that word?
1: I do. There's a, a great cure for that. <laughs> I, I have a hundred percent success rate in treating high cholesterol. You know what it is?
0: Don't look at your number.
1: Never do the test. Never again. do the
0: testing again. I got lucky. <laughs>
1: You got pretty close. (laughs) It means nothing. So if you don't do the test, you don't have to worry about it.
0: I heard a radio commercial this morning going to the farmer's market on the low-T center that if you take this testosterone, it will also lower your cholesterol. That was one of their selling points. Interesting. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. good. Yeah, good. Lower your cholesterol. What what a cholesterol number do you think you need to, to make testosterone? Any theories on that?
1: It's not nothing. It's it's of no relevance. Oh, it's number. no relevance.
0: So the the statins are not lowering the cholesterol. So people need then the, the magic pill from Mister Happy.
1: No statins lower the cholesterol, right? But it doesn't have any relevance except poisoning you.
0: I'm sorry, I lost you. Say that again so
1: cholesterol is a repair substance right. mm-hmm. so if you lower mm-hmm. it, then you're susceptible to injury more
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. which is why they give it to you because mm-hmm. the point of doing medicine is to make people sick, yeah, and they're good at it. so oh. if you need if it's like it's like if you have duct tape in your house and in somebody keeps poking holes in your house and you duct tape. So somebody comes along and says, I know how to fix uh, fix the repeated holes in your house. We're going to get rid of the duct tape. And you say, well, wait a minute, but they keep poking holes in my house. Yeah, but we got rid of the duct tape, so you don't have to worry about it.
0: <laughs> okay. So the idea that... That's the, how doctors think. That's how they think. So statins do not lower cholesterol to a point... That it inhibits testosterone? That's a myth?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. right. They, yeah, that th- probably does happen.
0: Oh, that does happen. Okay, yeah,
1: I thought that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Because you make testosterone, or so they say. I'm mm. not sure I believe it, but because <laughs> I'm not sure that we have estrogen, testosterone, insulin actually in our bodies. A- and the reason I say that is because <laughs> if you go to the method section and see, how do you discover whether there's a chemical called insulin in your blood Mm -hmm. in your body Mm -hmm. what you realize is that it's an indirect assay in other words they take blood and they mix it with a bunch of chemicals and that creates a an effect which then they say is because of the original something in the blood which is it insulin they don't, And so you can't find the insulin directly in the blood. And so if you ask the question, which I've asked to a number of chemists, how do you know that mixing it your blood with strong acids, for instance, mm-hmm. and stains
2: mm-hmm.
1: doesn't create a chemical reaction which creates the chemical that we call insulin, but it wasn't actually there like that in your blood? And their answer is we don't know but then they say something interesting which is the proof is we can synthesize this chemical called insulin and it lowers your blood sugar so that's the proof that you had insulin and so then i said so the proof that we have cocaine in our body is because you can inject somebody with cocaine And they feel different, like weird. Mm -hmm. And that means if you feel weird, that's because you have your cocaine in your body is acting up. Well, no, (laughs) you don't have cocaine in your body. You just told me that I could prove that it was in there because if I injected you with something and it has an effect, that proves it was in there. That's how you prove to me that insulin is in there because if you inject it, it lowers your blood sugar. Therefore, anytime your blood sugar is lower, that's because of insulin. In other words, if I inject you with, you know, LSD and you start hallucinating, anybody who's hallucinating, it's because the LSD in their body is too hot. <laughs> that's nuts. <laughs> of course. And, and I'm not saying that chemicals don't have an effect. Sure. I'm saying that you're telling me that this chemical testosterone is in that form in your body. And yet you can't find it directly. And here, here's the bottom line of this. You know, there's this thing about how do you know if you're still living in the matrix? If you think that living beings are made of particles, chemicals, or molecules, you are living in the matrix. Because there is no evidence that that's true.
0: What are we made of?
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) But see, there you get into the claim thing. Mm -hmm. You know, the claim is you have insulin okay show me well okay i take your blood and i mix it with acids in this and i don't do a control like i don't take just something else and mix that with acids to see if the acid you know this gets into the how do we how did we prove there was dna in in living cells or living tissue i don't know so they originally said that that's that things in the nucleus were were proteins because when they took the nucleus and they mixed it with sulfuric acid they got sulfur rich chemical which they said was a protein because proteins are rich in sulfur okay and then somebody had the bright idea (laughs) of taking a nucleus and mixing it not with sulfuric acid but phosphoric acid and he got instead of a sulfur-rich chemical, he got a phosphorus-rich chemical, and he said, "That's not a protein. That's a new class of phosphorus-rich chemicals, and we call them DNA."
0: Come on, that's where DNA and, came and you from. Think, <laughs> Come on.
1: Hey, bud, did you ever think that the reason you, you got this is is because <laughs> is because that you did it with phosphoric acid instead of no. And from that day on, DNA, phosphorus-rich chemical found in the nucleus, how do you find it? You mix the nucleus with phosphoric acid.
0: Dr. <laughs> Cowan, could this whole be this whole thing be this Looney Tunes and this fairy tale that you're,
1: it's crazy? Because I can tell you, anybody listening, you know, to this <laughs> is, has one question right now or one thought in their in themselves right now yes, sir. is colin cannot be right because these people cannot be that stupid like this is so friggin obvious that it's all just absolute <laughs> bullshit from the get-go that he cannot <laughs> be right he must be missing something
0: yeah gotta be missing
1: something. but but here's here's how you can check me you can either go to the original paper which i did and how do they find dna but you, if you don't want to do that go to your doctor see it's all about the methods section right how did you find it how did you find it go to your doctor tomorrow and say how did they how did they uh, isolate demonstrate prove the existence of dna in in a living cell how did they do it he will have no idea. Well, somebody must have done it, <laughs> as you know. Somebody proved there was a virus. I don't know how they did it or who, mm-hmm. but somebody. And you ask a virologist who who came up with this idea of isolating a virus in a cell. I don't know, but they assume somebody must have done it properly and then he show him here's the paper the first person who did it did here's the he's what he did he put he said i'm looking for a new chemical so i'm going to use phosphoric acid and stop the friggin presses i found a phosphorus rich chemical like what's the <laughs> matter with you <laughs>
2: <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> i mean she- you can't make this shit up. And it, then nobody knows, you know, then sometimes they give them a Nobel Prize hmm. for finding f- DNA. And then it's off to the races. And nobody, everybody then says, this is the chemical. And so then they do study it and do this and and do that. And, and nobody's...
0: Nobody, dude, how far back does the whole virus idea, theory go dr Cowan. do we know i mean what was it about two i mean two three hundred years ago
1: really got i mean every people thought contagion forever it it, it seems obvious sure spanish whatever and if you don't do a study you get bamboozled but Mm -hmm. all this science stuff started in the latter half of the 1800s Mm. okay they decided that we're not made of living protoplasm which is Organized water and energy were made of stuff, particles. Particles. And that's bullshit. <laughs> they didn't prove it. They just claimed it.
0: Just said so it is. Wow.
1: Wow. It's just, that's it.
0: They taught this in medical schools then on, just boom. E-
1: ever since then. And nobody knows, uh, even the idea that we're made of cells. Yeah, some guy, a guy named Rudolf Virchow, came up with the theory. It's not a theory, it's a disproven hypothesis.
0: Disproven hypothesis. I like that. Yeah, that's a great great term. Much better than theory, right?
1: It's not a theory. Theory as, you know, s- some support to it. Yeah. And once you disprove something, right? It's not elephants. I've disproven it. But you also people have to ask people why they think it's elephants. Or how would I find, how would I prove this claim, right? They're a mile up. You got to go to a mile high, not 10 miles, not half a mile. That's where they are. If they don't know that, they say, I don't know where they are. I don't know what they look like. I don't know, you know, anything. Well, then it's not a claim. It's just nonsense.
0: (laughs) Just nonsense. You
1: can't prove something, right? If you can't disprove it, then it's nothing. I claim that kennel cough is contagious, okay? Show me the study. Has to have a control, you know, he put one dog (laughs) with other dogs in different environments so you know it's not the cage. Do it in, in a free living where the dogs are all happy and eating good food and all that and then we got something but mm-hmm. they don't have that study they do it in a confined cage one more dog you know maybe that's too crowded and maybe the dog with the kennel cough eats all the other's food cuz they don't want to be around him cuz they believe in contagion
0: <laughs> in the same genre people ask a lot about um measles and and uh, um Small, not smallpox, whatever mumps and all that. How does that work? Same way. It's just same thing. There's
1: no virus. There's no proof that it's contagious. There's no proof that it's a distinct disease. You know the way they create epidemics, which was like with COVID, is they take all the different people, children with rashes, and they call them smallpox. And then they make a vaccine and then they say now nah, it's not smallpox anymore it's chickenpox and monkeypox and measles and fifth disease and erythema this and whatever. And so you know they did that with polio if it before <laughs> the vaccine if you had an acute GI and you know symptoms and then were paralyzed for a day that was polio. Then when Uh, after the vaccine, you had to be paralyzed for at least three months. And so the incidence goes down 97 or so percent just because they changed the diagnosis. And now it's acute flaccid paralysis or MS or, you know, Guillain-Barre syndrome. Just because they, and you say, well, how come the same symptoms became Guillain-Barre and they're no longer called polio? Well, because we eradicated polio with a vaccine. I mean, hmm. so and with the COVID, used to be RSV and the flu, right. and and so that's all COVID, and then they do a vaccine, and now we're back to, it's now the flu and RSV, and, and it's very, it's a clever trick.
0: Dr. Tom Cowan, here's an email. Dennis from Northern Utah. I'm a big fan. Thanks for having him on the show. Uh, it sounds like the major reasons people get sick is a loss of the fourth phase of water in the body from circulation issues, cancer, neurological issues. Could you talk uh, for a minute about the nerves and the fourth phase? What does one have to do to make sure that we have adequate fourth phase of water? Could you tell us how the analema wand works?
1: Okay. So it's basically the structured or fourth phase water is is all of the water in our body, more or less, is in this coherent or structured form. And it, it happens because the water is is a, as free as possible of contaminants. It has adequate proteins and adequate minerals. And it's exposed to the structuring elements, which is basically the light and, and the energy from the earth and energy from other people and animals and just the natural world and so if you're losing the structure it's usually because your water is poisoned or you're exposed to things like cell phones or Mm. single single frequency devices Mm -hmm. and analemma just helps structure the water make it easier for you it's
0: just a you can it just makes it easier easier to drink and you're in a hydrogen yeah. that that structures the water, the hydrogen machine. I right? can,
1: yeah, yeah help okay. a little bit. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to need to uh, finish here quickly. Okay,
0: so. Um, so we could end with this because well, we have about 20 emails here, but I'll do this one. Why don't you invite um, other people like Mac- Malone and McCullough on and have a debate between Dr. Cowan and these guys?
1: They won't do it. They won't
0: come. On, they won't do it.
1: <laughs> ask him
0: i i will
1: peter mccullough call him up
0: i asked him no i haven't but i will um i asked dr i asked del victory why he doesn't go after the virus thing and you know there is no virus thing and he said we're going to and so i wrote yeah, him back right. and I, I copied you i said well get cowan on he would be the good guy to talk to you about so let me know when he calls you
1: we're, we've been negotiating this for months.
0: Have you really? Well, that's yeah, interesting. Because that I,
1: I can- want to do it step by step. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's a right way to do it. First, we talk about contagion. Mm-hmm. Then we talk about the uh, the 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 fraction that supposedly has the virus, the the filtered fraction, filtered agent. Then we talk about isolation. Then electron microscopy, and then the genome. If you have to structure the conversation properly, otherwise it'll just be claim after claim and get nowhere.
0: Mm. So you've been talking to me about possibly doing that, coming to Austin and doing a whole series.
1: Uh, I'm not going to Austin. You're Not going
0: on. I know it's pretty wacky here. I would. I'm outside of Austin. Yeah, I would.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll do it. We, we've been we've been negotiating good. for months.
0: Oh, for months. Oh, good. Okay, it's I mean, not going to happen. Let me impose in just a couple more, real quick Uh, because this comes up a lot. So your guest thinks that bacteria cannot be dangerous or destructive or parasites to the health, to our health.
1: Bacteria are scavengers. There is no, and if you disagree, then you need to show us a study where you isolate a bacteria and expose a healthy person to it, of the bacteria in the normal way, like drinking Mm -hmm. it or breathing it, Mm -hmm. and then show us that they get sick. Because none of us can find such a study. It's not an opinion. Show us the evidence, and if you can't, then you have to live with the facts.
0: <laughs> and parasites?
1: I mean, it's basically the same.
0: Same thing. I did. They're trying to clean things up.
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah, trying to clean. these are scavengers in nature. They eat dead and dying tissue. Mm.
0: I want to tell you a little thing before we go because you're a man on the land with goats and cats and chickens. I had ticks a big problem years ago. Big problem. And one of the old timers here said, well, just, you know, get more fire ants. So I went to a friend's house and filled up trash bags with the fire ants, you know. And I spread it all over my property, these fire ants and trash bags. I haven't seen a tick in three years.
1: Is that right?
0: They just eat, th- they eat ticks, man, fire ants.
1: Do you eat, Do you get stung by the fire ants? No,
0: i mean because they build these little piles, and as long as you don't step in them, you're you're cool. And I just let yeah. them build away, baby. Just build all you got, and we wow. haven't seen it's a tick for, for years.
1: Isn't it? Wow, we have that, lots of ticks.
0: Well, oh, yeah, just get some fire ants, man. Don't don't do it. Wow, don't do it. All right. And, and my dog has figured out how to not walk in the piles, so she's smart. They figured out, you know. Yeah. And right. the chick, you know, yeah. So get some fire ants, and let me know how that works out.
1: Wow, well, I'm glad you told me that. Yes, sir.
0: I, I knew that you'd appreciate that. All right, yeah. we'll see you soon on the end of COVID thing. and okay. And uh, thanks for being here, Dr. Cowan. Love you. We
1: appreciate okay. it. Okay, thanks, Patrick. Good to see you again. Nice to see you.
0: Dr. Thomas with Cowan, oneradionetwork.com and uh, drcowan.com. And he's got a subscribe star, star thing. And that's what I do. I think it's five or 10 bucks a month. And then you can see all the stuff. and. You know, he's just like the coolest guy ever because he is. You know, what can I tell you? I just love talking to him. We did not do any commercials because I didn't want to use up any time to sell any products. So, if you like this show and if you like the way we do our interviews and talk to people such as this, please, if you like, go to oneradionetwork.com and you can look at some of the products that we promote. Also, if you're watching this on our uh, BitChute video thing, please subscribe to our channel. And then hit that little bell, and then we notify you every time we do a show, a new show. So that's fun. And then also, underneath the video, you can go to a link, and uh, it'll take you to oneradionetwork.com, the store. And the way we make a living, such as it is, I'm grateful to be able to make my house payment, is by you buying products or donating. More people are donating because the the product model is, you know, whatever. So, and then we get a commission on the products. We're having to change up and ask more people to donate. So, uh, because the model that we've been using for years, Is not working as much, even though our audience is stable. I mean, we've lost a few because I'm crazy. But, uh, you know, just with inflation and everybody has a podcast and products. And so our sales have gone down. So if you feel like you can afford 10 or 20 bucks a month or whatever, $5, donate it. You can do it a monthly thing to us and help keeps us going. And then everybody's happy here and we can buy our food and make our house payment and stuff. Please pass on these links to everyone that you care about on the audio, or if you're on BitShoot, uh, pass it around and let people hear the last hour and twenty minutes with probably one of the most functionally illiterate c- critical thinkers that I know of on the Earth plane, Dr. Tom Cowan. I love you all very much. We're going to wait about five minutes or so, ten minutes. And we're going to come back and do a. Uh, I think it'll, you'll enjoy it. I want to give you a big picture, in my opinion, just my opinion this whole financial thing, what's going on today, and we'll go back all the way, and I, I think it's helpful, because so many of you, of people, just have, as Cowan was talking about, just a wrong, um, you know, like the idea that there is a virus, uh, is just, then you're just down a black hole, the idea that the government prints money, you get down there, and it's a black hole, and how that works, and I'd like to explain that to you, okay? Somehow I know this stuff after hanging out with Andrew Goss for 25 years. I had to. I just, you know, caught it. Okay, so uh, give me about five minutes. I'll be right back. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is Juan Radio Network.com.